Hello and welcome to the GM Hockey Podcast. My name is Tony Gelski. I'm joined with Andy Mysek. Andy, how's it going? Going well. Um, actually, rather surprised the Hawks won their series. Um, well, I guess I can't say surprised because we talked about last the last two episodes how they definitely had a chance to beat Edmonton, and they did. Um, but yeah, now that that's over, we have round one to look forward to and a little bit of a preview. Right. Uh, this episode, we're going to uh, just the first the lottery just happened about two hours ago. So um, we're going to react to that and get our reactions here with that. And then we're going to give a, a quick preview of all the series, um, go over uh, the matchups and whatnot. And we'll we'll try not to take up too much of your time. Uh, we also have a guest on today's episode. Um, Andy, I'll let you do the honors to in- introduce our guests. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you thought my other podcast was the only one that did guests. Nope. We do them here too. Uh, it's a buddy of mine. Played hockey with him, God, for years, at least going back 15 years ago. Um, and the guy, and he knows hockey. So I'll let him actually introduce himself. This is Jameson. Good morning. Good evening. Good night. I'm a Washington fan, just to get that <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> I'm more of a hot take fellow myself, but uh, it's a a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I mean, me and you have had off-air, I guess you could say, conversations about hockey a lot recently. Um, Even we were talking about, like, worst captains and jerseys and stuff, so we're always talking hockey. So, yeah, I couldn't think of uh, anyone better to jump on with us, especially because... We need some help with the Eastern Conference, I think, sometimes. So who better than Jameson? And right. It's, it's nice to have you on. Thank you. So let's let's move on. The draft lottery just happened. Um, so let's let's talk about that real quick real, before we move on to the, our playoff uh, previews here. Um, so for those of you who probably – you're probably listening. You already know who is the first overall pick, and that is the New York Rangers. Uh, they won the lottery. Um, little side step news on that as well is that with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs not winning the lottery um, and not being not picking in the top ten, that means their first their first round draft pick transfers to the Carolina Hurricanes in the Patrick Marlowe salary dump. Uh, of a trade, if you will. So, so just guys, what is for Toronto, <laughs> right? So, what is uh, what is everybody's reactions to uh, the Rangers getting the first overall pick? I mean, I said last episode that if the Hawks aren't in it anymore, I'd be happiest with the Rangers getting it. Um, I don't, I don't want Edmonton getting it. I already said teams like Nashville and, and the wild kind of boring systems for a, uh, an offensive kind of guy like that. Um, Ranger Rangers are a good pick because they got, they could play with Panarin and Zabinijad. He could grow with uh, Kako uh, and Fox and they, they have Trouba on that blue line. Not like that meant anything this year, but at one point that would have meant something. Uh, so I, I like that team. Uh, it would have been funny if Toronto got him. Like you were, you were texting 
you were, I saw you messaging with Jerem on Twitter about that would be their way of kind of, oh, we could just dump Nylander and, and Lafreniere could take his place, but that's not their option anymore. Um, no, and I feel like that, that line of argument was was a little somebody's got to take his contract for but, nothing yeah it's like but it's like you're, you're if you look at everybody's salary cap this year dude it's like nobody has you know 20 something million dollars to give away this year like it's all gonna be you know they might have 15 16 million dollars in cap space but they only have a roster size of like 16 guys signed right now for next season so oh, yeah. if you've gone if over many times field, yeah, if you're looking to field a competitive team, it's not it doesn't make any sense that that was like any kind of logical. You're going to have to give up. Like, you know, I sent a text message to you and one of our other buddies is that it's I would I, I see that if Toronto won it, their best option would be to honestly trade them to the trade it to Detroit. Oh, to no. get some kind you, of a, you still take the pick. <laughs> I mean, you still Lafreniere is going to be really fucking good <laughs> there's no way you move that pick um if anything i mean it, it jerem is right if you get lafreniere you could move nylander i just don't think a lot of toronto fans realize that with a stagnant cap no one's gonna be like oh yeah he's good i'll, I'll take his seven million dollar contract off your hands so you could so you could right. field a, uh, a competitive team yeah but you're also saying you're also under the assumption that you know, you have three months to to deal these guys away. You you don't. You have like forty days in between the seasons. So like, you're there's going to be no team that's going to be like that's going to want to take on a big contract um, because of the way that the, the cap is structured this, these next couple seasons. I mean, they have next year's first a package with someone like they did with Marlowe. Surely it won't backfire again. It will. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I love these young guys that are like, like, uh, uh, John Chaka put the coyotes in cap hell. And then he said, peace and quit. Um, and then like Kyle Dubas probably won't even, I honestly, I don't think he'll be around for, for much longer because you, you can only, it, these errors that he's making, are are more egregious than the errors, in my opinion, uh, than like what Stan Bowman has made. So like, well, Stan well, Bowman's overpaid. Hold on now, <laughs> Stan Bowman's overpaid people, but it's not like he's and he, and he gives out no uh, movement clauses like candy on Halloween. Yeah, but he's not giving he's not giving three guy three offensive players close to 11 million dollars a piece he gave two offensive so, players 10.5 million dollars and that yes seabrook that, that trade that trade was also or those contracts were also it was like four years ago now at this point and uh, one of them is earned it i like how this went so, from we we're going to talk about the rangers to mostly shitting on toronto yeah i mean that's <laughs> that's how things like, evolve. <laughs> I, was, I was like my my dad asked me the other day, he's like, he's like, why don't you, wait, you want, you don't want Toronto to win? I was like, I'm like, no, it's, I want Toronto to lose for comedic purposes. I don't. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly said the same thing because she was rooting for Toronto. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I like Toronto more, but <laughs> wouldn't it be real funny if they just get further fucked? And here we yeah. are. 
because what's going to happen at Toronto this offseason is exactly what is going to happen is exactly what happened to the Hawks in 2010 uh, with the exception of they didn't win shit. So, I mean, like that's a real tough pill to swallow for, for that fan base. Cause like, you know, they literally went balls out this season to try to win something this season uh, with the expectation that they're going to have to figure it out in the off season. And now you, you lost this, that the salary cap isn't going up the, six million it was supposed to <laughs> and now it's it's flat so you just went from having you know like four million dollars in cap or like you know close to 10 million in cap space to now like four and you have a roster size of like 16 so major moves are going to have to happen in toronto so uh, i can't wait to the next james myrtle article that says uh toronto should seriously contemplate trying to go sign Alex Petrangelo with whatever money James Myrtle likes to make believe that they have in their head, in his head. But so, here's my question. Uh, going back to the Rangers, which is what this was supposed to be about. True. The only one who here who has a team that actually has to face the Rangers a significant number of times is Jameson. How do you yeah. feel about having to see Lafreniere and Panarin together? And Kako one more year. Yeah, but Kako is uh, – we'll um, see. Jury's <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm not thrilled about it. But, it, it, like, as, as it currently stands, Washington's playing the Islanders. So, I'm, I mean, anybody who knows me personally knows I'm a New York guy, too. I'm all for number one going with the fucking Rangers. You know, uh, I, I'm I'm actually okay with it. Good. I good. I I I want interconference rivalries to be strong rather than just punching down. That's right, and I think New York is a really important team to the NHL. And when New York is good, more I think more people tend to care about the NHL than. Don't than would than normally would if New York was a terrible team. Totally, so. and unfortunately, it's the Islanders being better than the Rangers at at, at this current state of evaluation. Which could you imagine also going back to shit on Toronto more being John Tavares, and now the Islanders have gone further than Toronto both seasons without him. Right. And all he had to do is accept, like, he was going to get, like, Connor McDavid money, too, from the Islanders, too, which is. I mean, I understand the idea of wanting to play in your hometown. That's totally cool. Like, I mean, that's uh, like the expansion draft, which we haven't talked about. And I don't mean to jump down that rabbit hole (laughs) as as far as uh, maybe TJ Oshie goes back to Seattle. At, right. uh, like as a Washington guy, that's that's where my my mind is at. Um, after the season, Holpe's gone. Yeah, like, yeah. Didn't I mean, think of that. Holpe's gone. Ovechkin has to sign a new contract. Washington has no money. 
they just spent big bucks on re-signing Backstrom. And, I'm sure they'll and, find a way to get Ovi, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, if I'm Ovi, I'm just saying, you know, worst comes to worst just gives me, like, the league minimum. <laughs> I don't think it'll go that far. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying if it were me. It, um, it it absolutely will not go that far, but but you gotta uh, you gotta think if we're gonna talk about Ovi in this situation, you gotta think he'll he'll play for the same amount of money he's making now just to take a run at Gretzky's record. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I also don't think that he'll leave the allegiance of having Backstrom. And 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 the organization that has given him so much, I I I do think that's very much a Russian thing too. Yeah, it uh, yeah is he's, he's very much the allegiance sort. Right, I, I think anywhere. I don't. Ovi's not going to go anywhere. Um, since he kind of like there was there's not really much to talk about with the Rangers. In all honesty, the more I think about it. It's like they're going to pick him. He's going to be great. Congratulations to New York Rangers fans who are listening to this, if there are any. Oh, none of you. And um, <laughs> it's just, you know, congratulations. You For the next three years, your team won't really need to be in salary cap hell when it comes to the offensive side of the puck. But well, even their de- uh, I'm shocked they got beaten so handily by Carolina. Not to say Carolina wasn't the better team, isn't the better team, and shouldn't have won. But they've got a lot of young talent on there that should have at least strung together a win. Part of me thinks that maybe they probably shouldn't have started Lundquist. I think I've said that literally every podcast, every text you sent me, I'm like, what? Like, loyalty gets you nowhere, and look where they are now. Right. And, and realistically, what what's the future of Lundquist? You know? Not I, New York. <laughs> I I love yeah. Hank. Don't get me wrong, but what now? I mean, they've got two good goalies. Yeah, and and Lundqvist, and they're gonna have yeah. to. I mean, in theory, I'd say two of the three have to go because you have two starting goalies. That's that's not gonna breed like breed a healthy. They say they say it breeds healthy competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys want the net. And the guy who loses the net isn't going to be happy. Right. So you, you're going to have to move Lundquist or keep him as your backup. But that's a lot of money for a backup goalie. And then you're going to probably have to move Georgiev because Shashurkin is your starting goalie of the future. And Georgiev is a starting goalie as well. So uh, I've said in the past that I think the Hawks need to start looking at a goalie. I think we've mentioned Holtby in the past. I think we've mentioned Georgiev in the past. Uh, the Hawks got to do something there. But again, this was supposed to be about the first overall pick. Uh, but I guess the Rangers have a lot to do with that since they got it. But yeah, right. I think I think that's going to be a fun team to watch. I don't know if they're going to be a, a you know a competitive playoff team just yet. I think there's probably some seasoning that needs to happen, but they're going to be fun. They're going to be very much like Carolina was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think 
it'll, it'll be ni- it'll be nice to see the Rangers back in it and and uh, and being a good team again. Um, but like for the sake of of time, it's playoff uh, matchup time. Yeah, let's go to the playoff matchups. Let's start in the Eastern Conference, and oh boy, I'm on the NHL bracket <laughs> right now. Let's yep. go in the order of of the the brackets. The one seed is the Philadelphia Flyers, <laughs> and they are playing the surprise team of the Montreal Canadiens, who came out and played really well against Pittsburgh. Um, so Pittsburgh just shit the bed. I, I don't know, but like, I think Montreal's good enough to steal one or two games. Uh, against Philly, Philly looks really good, but I think Carey Price, the way he played against Pittsburgh, that's capable of he's capable on his own of stealing a game or two. Yeah. So, but, um, but and Connor I'm Hart, Carter Hart played. Carter just, Hart played just. Yeah, I know, but yeah, but I, I totally get that. But I think that um, you know Montreal did that without the addition of Max Domi. He hasn't been playing. He's inside the bubble, but he hasn't been playing. So. I'm curious to see if he gets uh, dressed for a game or two because that will definitely provide an offensive lift to the Montreal Canadiens. But in my opinion, it's it's I got five or six games and Philadelphia winning the series. Let's say you, Andy. I think four or five. I think Montreal didn't play well. Price played well, and Pittsburgh played into that. Um, Philadelphia now, they're coming up against a team that – had something to prove. They beat they beat the big guns in the East. The the three teams they were up against are the three teams you expect to be the one, two, and three seed in, in Washington, Boston, and Toronto, or in Tampa. And Philly beat them all. So I I don't think Montreal stands even close to a chance in this series. Um I, I think it's four, maybe five games, maybe Price does steal one. And I think a couple of these games get out of hand and Philly pots a few, few more than you'd expect, maybe five or six. I'm going to go with the opposite hot take. (laughs) Because uh, when you say Washington is one of the teams that you would expect them to beat. Or to beat them. uh, Right. uh, Opposite direction. Sorry. No, uh, Washington has been without John Carlson. Backstrom is a game time decision. They're benching Kuznetsov in the third period. We don't have Ilya uh, Ilya Sem, uh, Samsonov. Like there's uh, like Washington's not. Uh, they're not even a full team right now. So my hot take is Montreal in seven. So you think Montreal okay. beats Philly, and that's a good point because you look at it as well. Tampa. Out without Stamkos, without yep. Hedman. They're punching down. And then Boston, I mean, we were talking about this, Jameson. It's kind of yeah. been a media circus there. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that, maybe it is that Philly just sort of took advantage of some just, teams. Just that tiptoed were through the tulips. That, yeah. Uh, that's, that's my hot take because Montreal on seven. Interesting. I still I, got Philly that, quick. <laughs> right. Um that is an interesting take, though, because that is that is true. Because Boston didn't have a full lineup; none of the teams that Philly were have were, were facing had a full lineup, mm-hmm. and Philly did. So that is a valid that is a valid point. Um, let's move on to the other series. Uh, 
Tampa Bay versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, repeat of uh, last year, maybe? I don't see... I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't see... I don't see Columbus sweeping Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay might have lost Victor Hedman for a while. Um, he went down with a, an ankle injury, and due to the NHL rules, he's just deemed un, unfit to play. So you don't know exactly what it is. If it's just a sprained ankle, he might be able to play, you know, power play minutes and stuff like that. But if it's if it's something serious, you know, I don't, I don't see Tampa Bay again. They don't have a full squad. Um, Vasilevsky looked average during these round robin games. So I, I got Columbus in six or seven. To be honest, that's my pick. I'll let you go next, Jameson, because I'm very biased in this series. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, I mean, I watched I watched Hedman go down, and I mean, he was a contender for the Norris, but I'm saying Columbus in five. Oof. Wow, all right. I hope and I pray that Tampa comes out, the team they're supposed to be, even without Hedman, this is a team with 10 NHL defensemen. And when I say NHL defensemen, we're talking 200 plus games in the in the show, and solid, solid defensemen. They even without Stamkos, they're strong offensively. Goaltending, well, I think Vasilevsky's a, a great goalie. Like Tony said, he was very human in the round robin, but a lot of the round robin teams who were supposed to be stellar were bad and uh i don't know i want to say tampa and six but part of me just thinks it's going to be another like columbus and five or six but i'm going to go with tampa and six because that's the team i like and i'm going to root for them all right let's uh let's move on to the next series then um jameson this is your Washington Capitals versus the New York Islanders. Um, I think this series will be probably one of the better ones uh, in the first round because of how both teams play. Um, Washington's up te- up tempo. It's going to come down to can the Islanders match the, the scoring opportunities that Washington will end up getting in this. I don't think that will come to fruition. Um, so I have Washington winning the series – in in six games i think islanders are definitely good enough to get two games um possibly even three but um i feel like just the the overall structure of of washington's team they have been the same team for like the last like two or three seasons basically so i i don't i don't see washington uh uh losing this series Um, andy i i want to hear your opinion before i say anything I said all year that my Stanley Cup finals prediction was Colorado over Washington. I don't see any reason why that should change. Um, So this could be a hot take. I look at these matchups as kind of (laughs) dumb. Nothing here screams exciting, like playoff rivalry matchup with maybe the exception being Tampa Columbus because of last year. And I just look at Islanders and and Washington as 
I think Washington beats them in five. Um, the the most interesting part of that is they're up against Barry Trotz, who yes. was their the, was their Stanley Cup yes. coach, and then yes. just sort of left them. And that might be kind of a, a something they want something to prove to him. Like you should have stayed, and here's their chance. And I I don't know. I just think. I just think the the Washington Capitals are just the vastly superior team, especially on paper. But I mean, I don't know. I I maybe it's just because I don't give a shit about the Highlanders. So I'll say Washington and five, maybe six. My hot take is the Islanders and five. Wow, <laughs> is it really? Very I, I, as as a diehard Washington fan, the way that Washington has been uh, just been playing. Backstrom's been striking. Like, who do you have as a backup after fucking uh, Holpe? Vita, but but right? in theory, you don't need anyone other than Holpe. Well, yeah, if he plays well, which he hasn't <laughs> for the past year. Like, uh, like, dude, on his contract, he's on the fucking way out, right? Yeah. Like, I... I, I I don't know. I I don't see the front line production that I mean, Washington over the course of the season they were 19th in uh power play production, which is disgusting. Right? <clears throat> like how 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 ridiculous is that? You have a uh Norris contending defenseman in John Carlson. You have Ovechkin just pounding fucking clappers from the office. And then all of a sudden, now you have Ilya Kovalchuk on the third line. <laughs> oh. Oh, let's 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 reconsider the fucking absolute <laughs> viewpoint of it. I I mean one of the points I wanted to bring up specifically with respect to this is the Barry Trout situation. Because so many people, as far as uh, uh, like the Washington fan base goes, they don't think that uh, Todd Reardon is uh, is doing his job, and I'm I'm of that mentality myself. Where it's like you're the coach, you're you're just not bringing up guys from Hershey properly, you know, like, uh, uh, Faraveri played really well. I mean, not over the course of the season, but I mean, they beat so Boston. Kind of looking so, at a Quinville situation with the Hawks a few years ago where he, he had opportunities to bring some kids up and just sort of let them rot a little bit in the minors. I mean, who knows what a player like, Jeremy Morin could have been, but it's like, eh, you know, he's not defensive enough for Quinville. So back to Rockford with you. Right. And I mean, uh, McMichael who, what he put up like a hundred and 130 points and like, yeah, he was, he was hot. He's unreal. Like, but it doesn't necessarily translate from the O to the N, but not like, right away, like, at least. Like, like you don't just get to step into the show and put up 100 points a season, necessarily. So, it, again, I I stand by Islanders in five. 
Do you think they just well, get out coached that bad? I do. Oh. See, I think the watch. I think the Islanders don't have the grudge that the Capitals might have against Trots. I think that might be to their advantage. Yeah, I, I, I see it from both ways, and I, I, I can see both arguments, and I just. I think offense in the first round usually tries ends up winning out over defensive play. I think as, as a defenseman, I greatly disagree. I think, well, I mean, as a, I, this is different than any other kind of playoffs, and so like I think you're for this specific round of the playoffs, you've had the top four teams here haven't been playing uh, meaningful games, and I wonder if that has played into um oh that's gonna come up when we talk about the hawks don't you worry <laughs> well yeah it's I like need every little hope i can get <laughs> well it's like all, all top four seeds like vegas and philadelphia were both the fourth seeds heading into this and now they're the number one overall seeds because they had something to prove during these three game round robins whereas colorado dallas and um St. Louis, St. Louis were were the top were the top three seeds. You know, it's the motivation was there for Vegas and Philadelphia. I'm curious to see if it if it carries over to to those two seeds. But you know, I for I, I, I'm not gonna play into how much Washington how well they played for those four games they had, the exhibition game and the, the three round robin games. I'm not going to put too much stake in it just because of how serious were they taking those? Because if they, if you think you can beat every, anybody and everybody, um, you're going to go against, um, w- one of these better teams eventually. Yeah. I wouldn't so, be shocked though. If the, these lower seeds come out hot and it, you know, you might see some upsets because of that. Looking at uh, you, that's what I'm, Hawks. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, for the sake of time, let's move on to the next series. It's Boston, Carolina, Boston. Uh, I mean, Pasternak and Rask were both unfit to practice again today. <laughs> so if in the way Carolina pummeled the New York Rangers, if Carolina plays the exact same way they played against the Rangers, they'll be fine. And I think, uh, that series will be over rather quickly with Carolina wrapping that up and, in like honestly five games i don't see boston boston look like shit so i wouldn't <laughs> I, didn't you just say you weren't putting too much into those playing rounds and here you are shitting all over boston true but they've looked like absolute i mean washington was oh two going into that game and washington beat and, them. and washington won somehow <laughs> somehow so, so and i think when you get to the real games carolina's played the yeah they haven't been, they've sat here for over a week in the bubble, but um, I'm sure these guys, Carolina's real loose heading into this series against Boston and, and in Boston, the main reason I, they haven't played well in the round Robin games. And I know I just said, I don't put too much stake into it, but I'm going to put more stake into the fact that none of their top guys have played consistently over like Rask hasn't played consistently over since they arrived at the bubble. Pasternak hasn't played. Uh, they're missing uh, Kase or 
Casa or however you say his name. Casa, yeah. Um, so like it's they're missing some key components with the depth scoring and they're the guy that was going for the Rossard Trophy. So I mean, it's it's a uh, it's it's going to be a real tough series for Boston, I think. Oh, I mean, I think this is an easy choice, Carolina. <laughs> I was. I, I don't know. I think Carolina is one of the underrated teams in the in the East. And, you know, I, I predicted Capitals in the finals, but they're going to have to run into Carolina possibly in that next round, and that that would be kind of a rough matchup. I don't know. Carolina's good. Carolina is <clears throat> very much uh, a young, up-and-coming team, what you saw kind of out of Pittsburgh and Chicago in the late 2000s, early 2010s, and they're going to be a team to beat for the net for a while now. Um, you could, I could see them being uh, perennial contenders. So I think Boston relies very heavily on Pasternak and Marchand and Bergeron. And that, that may get you, get you a great record in the regular season. But as you saw a pretty shitty Hawks team beat a team that relies on two of the best players in the world because their their depth sucks. And I look at Boston and it's better than Edmonton's obviously, but it's it doesn't impress me, I, I guess. And keep in mind they still got, albeit a good, but a forty three year old Zidane Ochara in their top four. That's never really a, a great thing to have a forty three year old in your top four defenseman in a league that's all about speed. I don't know. I think Boston is kind of a pretender. Uh, I thought that from the beginning of the year. I thought that last year, and they went all the way to the finals. And I still, I don't know. I think Tampa getting knocked out early and, and Washington getting knocked out early probably had something to do with that. But, yeah, Carolina in five, maybe six. I mean, Tukarask is still a decent goalie, so he might steal a game or two. Call me salty as far as the uh, last year's playoffs go. <laughs> The uh, the whole Ovechkin punching Sveshnikov out. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming you're going Boston. <laughs> no, I'm saying Carolina in four. Oh, fuck Boston! <laughs> you want to you want to see I'm, them in the next round? <laughs> I I want to see them prove their worth. <laughs> I I I genuinely want them to do something with the system that they've produced. Yeah, I I love Carolina's team. I I love everything about it. Uh, they built from D first, and now that they've got the offensive firepower to kind of keep up with their their top sixty, I think they're a force to be reckoned with. Even with mediocre goaltending, I would say. Right, I we're we're running running low on time. Um, for so let's move to uh the first round of skip the Hawks. the western conference but we're going to skip the first uh, the hawks in vegas we're going to just do some uh everybody just kind of wrap up your lightning round i guess for the sake of time uh colorado I mean, versus arizona Coyotes. Time. You, you don't have yeah. to lightning round it <laughs> right but colorado versus arizona um that's to me is actually a very intriguing series because uh, i can see arizona actually giving colorado some fits uh, I still think Colorado, and it's just because it's going to come down to the goaltending in that series because Colorado's goaltending is their only weak spot. And if Potentially. Arizona, 
Potentially, but if Arizona can get to the goalies early and put doubt in Philip Grubauer or, uh, uh, oh my God, what's the other defense goalie's name? Frank Coos? Is that how you say his name? What do I look French to you? Um, but they, <laughs> um, but those goalies like I, Darcy Kemper in Arizona. By the way, I think it's Francois, uh, but I, I could Francois. Be wrong. I could yeah, be very like, wrong. Again, I'm not but, French. Uh, Colorado said they decided on their starter, but they are not releasing it until game time. Um, so, but I, I see Colorado pulling this off in six or seven. Um, Jameson, what do you think? Uh, huge Gruby fan coming from Washington. I say Colorado craps on everybody in five games. Okay. I couldn't <laughs> agree more. Colorado absolutely just shits all over Arizona. I think Arizona is kind of lucky to be here. They matched up against a Nashville team that, I mean, wasn't very good either. So, hooray, I guess. I think it would have been different if they matched up against maybe some of the other teams that are out right now. Um, And then you're talking about... Colorado's goaltending being a weakness. I think Grubauer is a, a solid goalie, and I think Francois or whatever you call him. I mean, I saw his first game in Colorado, and it, he looked great. Um, and if you're going to tell me that at the start of the year you looked at Auntie Ranta and Darcy Kemper and thought, now that is an elite goaltending tandem, get out of here. <laughs> they had they they've played they played well, or Darcy Kemper specifically played very well uh through the year but i mean this is the playoffs and they're gonna have to go up against mckinnon and rantanen and mccarr and landis cog four five six games no way five colorado and five four or five i think I, th- I think Darcy Kemper has proved himself to me to win a single game in the playoffs. Okay. I give him okay. one. Okay, that's fair. We'll give him one, right? Collectively. We'll give him one game. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Dallas versus the Calgary Flames, um, which I think has a, the potential to be an underrated playoff series, um, just with the star power that Dallas has at Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Um, and then Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan on the uh, on the Calgary side. Um, I'm picking the upset. I'm going with Calgary in six, um, just because I think um, Dallas is uh, only there due to point percentage. I don't think Dallas is what it takes to be a long like playoff contender. So I'm just gonna go with uh, with Calgary in six. Yeah, maybe on paper that's an upset, but uh, I don't know. I think I think Calgary is the better team. I mean, they're one year removed from what was it, five players with seventy points. Yeah. I mean, you you mentioned Goudreau and Monahan, but I think Kachuk's the best player on that team right now. Uh, I think Lindholm is criminally underrated. I think uh, I think uh, Giordano. He's older, but he's one of the one of the better defensemen, especially in his age group. Um, I think goaltending is gonna be Calgary's Achilles heel if they were to lose. 
Um, I think Dallas with Ben Bishop, that's that's kind of their big, you know, he could steal a series. But nothing here is is really kind of making me think that this can't isn't Calgary series to lose. I don't care if on paper they're the underdog. I think the fan, a fan of the game would tell you that if it, you saw a matchup between Dallas and Calgary, most people would probably say, Dallas has an aging core. I'm going to go with Calgary, which is younger, faster, and one year removed from five players with 70 points, which is incredible. Uh, uh, personally, to me, it's 100% reliant on Bishop. Yeah. Because if if he stands on his head like he has in the past, which realistically nobody can expect him to do that, I think Dallas has a chance to maybe stand out. But, I mean, <laughs> I can't go anything less than Calgary in six. Maybe Calgary in seven. Yeah, it's right. hard, it's hard to look past that that offensive group. Ooh, yeah, it's, deadly. It's, it's it's tough, isn't it? It's deadly. It's deadly. I uh, I don't know. Although I would like the Hawks to match up against them because I, that that would just be an all out oh, offensive, no defense kind and, of game. And, and and the throwback too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to face Vegas though. Right. I, uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I hope Chicago just takes a crap on Vegas. <laughs> oh, we all do. <laughs> but we got to get oh, through right. the first matchup here: uh, St. Louis and Vancouver first. So we'll yeah, we'll start I, with you, Tony, since uh, you kind of been leading it off. Let's. Uh, I, I. Yeah. I think um, Vancouver. Uh, they didn't really handle Minnesota that well, to be honest. Mm-mm. Um, I thought they were going to be is going to be more lopsided. Uh, they won an overtime in Game Four. Um, I think maybe that's a little bit of Vancouver not taking Minnesota seriously, but still um, getting getting the job done, unlike Edmonton or Pittsburgh. Uh, so I think I, I'm going to pick the upset here. I'm going to go with Vancouver in seven um, just because we know why it just fuck St. Louis. And um, <laughs> there's just a part of me just doesn't think that um, again, if you want to put stock into those round Robin games, St. Louis did not look like they were at all with it. And uh, maybe that changes with the, the first round of the playoffs. But uh, that remains to be seen. I'll let you go, Jameson. <laughs> I, I, St. Louis in four, <laughs> and and whoever wins the semifinal round is the uh, finalist. That's that's my my view of it. So you think uh, if it's Calgary and St. Louis in the in the second round? Whoever wins that series goes to the cup final. Good. I I think whoever comes out of Dallas and Calgary gets crapped on by St. Louis. Oh, so you think the winner of St. Louis and Vancouver, would you say St. Louis? St. Louis versus Colorado. 
Oh, I get what you're saying. So you that's, think it's going to be that's, between those that's, two. That's, that's a long projection, but that's, that's yeah. what I have to say about it. In my uh, brain, yeah. I know yeah. St. Louis is going to win this series. And it's probably not going to be very close. But in my heart, I would love for the the round robin to kind of be in, in St. Louis's head and Vancouver and Elias Pedersen come out there and absolutely take the biggest dump all over St. Louis. Now, not only beating them in four, but it might as well them be beaten three because it's oh, the fourth I... game would be an embarrassment to even continue to play. Oh, don't get me wrong. I hate St. Louis <laughs> and I want them to lose. But as far as my projection goes, I don't see them going anything shy of the semifinals. I honestly think that St. Louis goes at least to the next round. If it's them and Calgary, I'd I'd be very interested in that series. But it might not be. I mean, if if Colorado loses and St. Louis wins, it's Chicago-St. Louis, if Chicago wins as well. Um, so, because it's... It would be interesting, but I, I guess I'll go with St. Louis in, in five. I just, Vancouver's a young team. Um, I don't think they have the defensive depth to keep up. And, and how long could Markstrom keep it up? I, I don't know. He's thirty, and he's now looking like a like a real starting goalie. Is it a fluke? I don't know. In my mind, it's St. Louis, but boy. What I wouldn't give for Vancouver to just absolutely destroy them. Yeah, I I think we we would all love to see that happen to to St. Louis. Um but let's move on to the series that you gave your pick, right, Andy? St. Louis said, in five. Yeah. So I think like, you know, Vegas um in Chicago is the last series, and we're yeah. a Chicago podcast. Um, Let's let Jameson go first as the most non-biased here. That's true. Let's Jameson, why don't you go All first? Right. I, actually, I'm particularly biased against Vegas. <laughs> but Chicago's both of our number one teams, so you're the least biased. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, this is a difficult one. I want to say Chicago in seven. All I right. want to say that. Uh, like, just because fuck Vegas. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, what's your head say, though? Uh, I, uh, okay. Now you're, now you're appealing to my heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my heart says Chicago. My brain says... Vegas is going to crap on him in five. I I I don't want to be that guy, but yeah, I, I think mean, that's kind of realistic as far as I see it. Yeah, I mean, Vegas played really well in in these round robins, but they also did play two teams that just seemingly did not want to win any games. Right. And St. Louis and Dallas. So is it 
the Colorado Vegas game was a, was a nice game, and I think those two teams took it seriously because they wanted to play Chicago. But um, <laughs> who wouldn't? I think. Well, that's I that's think, a very solipsistic take. All right. Yeah. So, I, but I think that's be careful what you wish for at territory. Uh, Let I, me tell you, Hawks fans know that all too well. And like when we we thought like oh Nashville in 2017 it's gonna be fucking great We're oh 2012 oh Nashville. we got the lowly Arizona Coyotes, and Smith, Coyotes <laughs> and Coyotes one and six and um it, it's again it's in every expert's picking the Hawks against the Hawks I don't think these playoffs are like any any other it's. The, in all honesty, a lot of these games, like they look like games like in October, like they don't look like actual playoff games. Right. Some of them do. Some of them like have like that. I'm curious to see if that carries into the first round. But a lot of these, some of these like qualifying games didn't have like the, the sense of urgency that you would think that would have been taking place. But um, I think for the Hawks, they're the youngest team heading into this round. Um, Somehow. <laughs> so uh, they got a lot of inexperience there. So maybe inexperience is bliss. I still don't think they're going to win. I think the Hawks are good enough to, to win two games. I really do against Vegas. I don't think they're going to get shit on. Um, but uh, I think it'll be like that St. Louis series type of feel where in the first four games it's 3-1 and then Kane puts the team on his back in game in game five to Are you talking to, about to win game five where they were down three one and came back to make it Yeah and, and and Kane just yeah. north sell the Coke possible and then just <laughs> runs yeah, a fucking so train like, on every other person. Yeah. So and and you didn't see you didn't see the production out of Kane in his last series. He had like thirty five shot attempts in the four games. Um but only he had no goals, so he had one goal. Um, one goal. Yeah, one, so I mean, one out of three. Yeah. So Which I is mean, very uncane. Like you, you're gonna assume that that's not gonna be the normal, and it probably no, won't. So if he's getting if 35 get, shot attempts, he's getting at least four. Yes. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're, and if you, if that continues with the, the depth scoring, like that the Hawks had against Edmonton. If the depth scoring happens for the Blackhawks and each line is able to pot the bottom two lines is able to pot a goal or two a game. Like they were against Edmonton. Like this isn't going to be as lopsided of a series as I think people think it's going to be. But if the depth scoring just stops, which is totally possible against Vegas, it's going to be a very short series. Either way, I think Vegas wins in six or seven. Um, but I don't know what everybody else thinks. Uh, <laughs> oh, here you go. I'm about to hit you guys with a big long if train. If Kirby Doc plays like he's been. Oh, Christ. If Taves continues to play like he's been. If T- Kane continues to play like he's been. And if Vegas comes into this after essentially three preseason games while the Hawks have been thrown into the fire into a playoff-like situation in August, this isn't even close to being a lopsided series. I think 
look, the Hawks need to do one big thing, and that's button down defensively. No more letting in a goal in the first three minutes like they did in literally every game against Edmonton. But if they if they could if they could button it up and keep in mind, the player who scored all of those goals early was either McDavid, Drysidle, or primary assist from McDavid or Drysidle. Vegas doesn't have a McDavid or Drysidle. I don't know. I I right. mean, they do have a Reeves that will beat the fuck out of whoever stands in his path, though. But but he, Reeves has to catch a Patrick Kane, and, and get him to fight. And yeah. if and Hawks have a couple guys who you know aren't fighters, but will stand in there and get Reeves off the ice. Drake Kajul will fight him, no problem. Uh, uh, Reeves will drop anybody out the fucking ice. I I I know that. Uh, and he and even it, but that's that's not what's going right. to get him the win. They they need I to. Mean, I, I mean, as, I'm, I'm gonna say it's going to get him a win. It's going to be a huge issue as far as the uh, matchup goes. Potentially, but the Hawks have already dealt with that with Anaheim in 2015. They came out there and tried to manhandle the Hawks, and it worked was... for a couple games, but. V- veteran leadership that's won three <clears throat> three cups and has faced literally every style of play is going to go a long way. Are they going to beat Vegas? Probably not. I mean, that would be the logical pick is Vegas in six, Vegas in five. I'll say Vegas isn't ready for the matchup. I think, did they, I mean, they were in essentially a three-game preseason against multiple teams who just didn't give a shit. And they're coming in against the Chicago team that shouldn't even be there. The pressure's on one team, and it ain't the Hawks. So right. we didn't even we didn't even talk about the the Leonard aspect yet either. I, I the, some of the comments that he's made, like he put a crying emoji, saying that the, the Hawks know uh, Leonard. Like somebody said, the Hawks know Leonard, and he was like laughing about it. It's like, well, you know, you were there for longer than you were with Vegas. Right, and it's like in the uh, the Vegas coach um, Pete DeBoer said that he's like I. They're going to use both goalies, so Leonard's not going to be in net based on those comments. Every game, so I would imagine that they would probably go back to back. That's on... a, but that's a problem. You want so, to run the hot hand in the playoffs. If you're switching goalies, you're not going far. That's a stupid no. strategy. So. He look, said, "Look, the, the logical pick here is Vegas in six, but I'm gonna be the little fanboy and say the Hawks win in six because that's the kind of guy I am. And if we're not getting Lafreniere, we better fucking do something. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't yeah. fucking sit here and watch these games for the Hawks to get the 16th overall pick and and get stopped in the first round." It's boring. I want them to win. <laughs> Fuck that. So yeah, Hawks and six, even though like that's everything on earth tells me that that's the stupidest pick I can make. That's, that's, that's why I said <laughs> Chicago and seven. But <laughs> logically speaking, <laughs> absolutely everything that has 
dissolved to this point is uh, uh, again to me Vegas and five. I like I don't I I don't mean to hate on Chicago. I I I want them to win. My heart's there, but I don't see it happening. There's so many ifs, but they're not like far off ifs. It's not like a miracle. It's like right, if, it's, if Vegas it's, comes it's, into this ill prepared, you steal a you steal game one, and all of a sudden it's like, well, hold on. Right. It's it's, it's not flipping a coin. It's like sixty forty, maybe maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's and then and then game two comes along, and, and then if if the Hawks could split the first two games and, and the one they lose, they, they don't get stomped. They like take it to overtime or something. <laughs> I I don't know. I think the Hawks win that series because of that. Now they're in Vegas's yeah. head. Oh yeah. I mean, like honestly, if, if they can get ahead offensively. And the most important thing to note about this though, is, is Vegas is older. It's not a young roster. Age will catch up to them, and you know they've got a lot of complimentary pieces, but they they don't got no Patrick Kane. I don't right. see no Patrick and, Kane on that roster. And I mean, realistically, Vegas was a roster-based fluke in the first place. Yeah, so there's there's a lot <laughs> going in favor of the Hawks. Do they win? Probably not, but I'm still saying Hawks in six because I'm a little fanboy bitch, and that's where I'll end it. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to change my fucking viewpoint. Hawks and six. There you go. Tony, you joining um, us or are you you being all logical and shit? I'm, I'm going to remain logical. I'm going <laughs> to say Vegas and six. Oh, you uh, slime lord. <laughs> well, I apologize. So, but uh, let's wrap it up there. Um, so, Jameson, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you uh, for having me. So we're definitely going to have to have you on again in the future. Um, don't forget to follow us on social medias. Um, uh, they're all in the description below. Um, Jameson, Andy, do you have any final words before we end the podcast? I think that's perfect. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't aside have from that. go Caps. <laughs> you mean go Hawks. <laughs> yes, I agree then. <laughs> Uh, uh, I will fight you. <laughs> yeah. As far as plugging anything, I mean, I got I got nothing to plug other than my other podcast, but you've all heard that already. Go watch Break It Up as well. Jameson? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen to that. <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. All right, everybody, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. And uh, tune in next week, and we'll be in the middle of round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And maybe we'll be yeah. sad, and maybe or maybe we'll be happy. Uh, only the way 2020 goes. I'll just be sad because I'm always sad. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. On that note, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.